here again. Came up for my granddaughter's wedding. Praise God. It was bigger than Ben-Hur last night. Hey, just before we start, just going to invite the love of my life, Jan, to come up and share for a few moments. I'm not going to get a shock. <laughs> oh, this will do. You can all hear me and see me. Um, I just want to be, uh, praise God, that we could be here today. Um, you know, if you travel with Jetstar, you're lucky if you ever get where you want to go. But anyway, we didn't. Um, so um, I just want to say, uh, God is so good. Don't we? We just know our God is a good God. Somebody there agreeing with me. And, uh, you know, if you're going through, I believe there's, you know, a couple of people here today, usually is, that are going through something really, really tough. Well, I've got a word from the Lord for you. This is it. Count it all joy when you fall into various tests, trials and temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith produces patience. And when we let that patience have its perfect work in us, then we are, we are perfect and into, uh, lacking nothing. You know, God, God loves us, you know, and we can't do anything to make him love us more and we can't do anything to make him love us less. Isn't that amazing? That is so amazing. You know, so many of us are trying to earn God's love or we think we're unworthy of God's love, but he loves us just like we are. Of course, that doesn't mean that there isn't room for improvement. I know there is with me, but um, remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength and if you lose your joy, you're going to lose your strength. Okay, do you want to? <laughs> Here's a couple of books. This is actually what I was supposed to be up here for mainly. <laughs> okay, so Cole's bought a few books, not very many, just, you know, he's written so many, but he's bought a few. So for any of you that have never had this book, or if you have had it, and it's really, really, really getting old, well, you haven't got enough, because this is bigger and better than ever. This is about, what, the 11th edition? And it's the most comprehensive book you're going to find on eagles. And you know that God likens us to eagles. There's many things we can learn from the eagle. My favourite scripture about an eagle is that he will renew our youth. Fill it, satisfy our mouth with good things and renew our youth like the eagle. So that's what I'm hanging out for. Amen. Praise God. Okay, you can take that. Take that one. No, no. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we just give you praise and glory. Thank you for your grace and your favour that's on our lives and our homes and our families. Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's certainly not by our brilliant intellects, but it's by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Touch our lives and touch our hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name. Hey, just would like to thank Pastor for the opportunity just to be able to share the word of God. Hey, praise God, traveling up here. Isn't it wonderful to be able to travel again? Hey, breakfast in Brisbane, lunch in Sydney, your luggage in Afghanistan. You think I'm making it? Oh, man, I don't know what's good. But, you know, it used to be different with it. My wife's a traveler. She loves to travel. And some years ago, we were in Israel. 
And so she, we wanted to go and see the Wailing Wall, but I couldn't remember what, for the life of me what that thing's called. So I said to the Arab taxi driver, can you take me to that place, you know, where people stand and bang their heads on the wall and cry? So he took me to the taxation department. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Is it right to have a sense of humour? <laughs> Open your Bibles or your iPads or your telephones, whatever you got, to Acts chapter 20. You know, I like to share what God's dealing with me about. That's the easiest thing. And God's been dealing me along these lines for a while. Acts chapter 20, uh, verse 22, and Paul writes, And see, I go bound now in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. And he says in verse 24, But none of these things move me. Don't you love it? Beaten up, stoned, that's not marijuana. Left for dead, whipped shipwrecked none of these things move me hello nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I might finish my race or my course with joy and joy is not the name of his wife think about it that I might finish my course my calling and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God I love that Paul writes that I might finish my course with joy. I'm leaving later. Pastor can straighten up all the, the doctrine later. But a lot of people today don't finish anything. I, 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 hey, you know, they don't stay in marriage. I, I, I'm not, I don't know you folks, so I'm not picking on anybody. But my mum and dad were married to each other for 76 years. The only Christians the last 10 years of their life. Hello, you know, but a lot of people today don't finish anything. They don't stay in it anyway. But Paul says I might finish what I start, finish my course, and I might finish it with joy. Isn't that good? You know, almost every letter Paul writes, he talks about the grace of God, the goodness of God. But I like the way he talks about that I might finish it with joy. You know, there's enough in Scripture. Go to Nehemiah with me if you would, Nehemiah. If you know the background here in Nehemiah, what's going on, they're trying to rebuild the wall. The heritage of his nation's been in ruins for hundreds of years. And he writes in, in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and the scribe, the Levites, taught the people, said to all the people, to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Don't mourn, don't weep, for all the people wept now. All the people, everybody cried when, when they heard the words of the law. I'd cry if I had to live under the law. Do good, get good, do bad, get bad. You could be a Buddhist and do that. Law, is that right? But we live in the dispensation of grace. I love that. And he goes on to say that when they thought they had to live under the law, they're all crying, but look what he says in verse 10. Then he said, go your way, eat the fat, drink sweet, Send portions to the, for those whom nothing is prepared. This day is holy and do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you can't remember anything else, remember this. If you lose your joy, you will lose your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you can't wake up in the morning with a smile on your face, go to bed with a coat hanger in your mouth. There has to be some... 
You know, this is, this is me anyway. It sort of bothers me that, 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 you know, joy is a fruit of the Spirit, but it's, it's not very common in the church. Thank you for your enthusiasm on the point. So it says here, the joy of the Lord is your strength. He goes on to say in verse 12, uh, verse 11, the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still, the day is holy, don't be grieved. And all the people, it says all the people, what? Went their way to eat and drink, to sin portions and rejoice greatly. All the people. I've never been in any church where all the people did anything together. Some do, some don't, some will, some won't. But you imagine being in a service where everybody left rejoicing? Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, revival is often, that's the way it's often, you see it. People are happy, they smile, laughing. You know, here he's talking about, I believe because they began to understood the, understand the goodness of God. Paul says, I might finish my course and I might finish it with joy. You know, I, I, wouldn't you love to end your life? Hello, if you've got to die, it might be happier dying laughing than dying crying. Anyway, let me give you some scriptures. Go to Deuteronomy, if you would. How many of you believe the Bible? Three of us. That's nice. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I don't know everything. I don't profess to know everything. But after 40 years in ministry, if you didn't learn something, you'd be a moron. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, it says here in verse 47, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything, therefore you'll serve your enemies. Now that'll jerk the slack out of you real quick. It's not enough to serve God, it's the attitude you serve God with. Can I have an amen? Joy and glad. How many of you know joy is the fruit of the Spirit? Love joy if love's the gold medal then joy is the silver medal but we seem to skip over we go from love to peace because joy is a bit frivolous think about this if joy is the fruit of the spirit some of us have had crop failures anyway moving right along it says because you don't serve the lord with the right attitude hello is that right with joy and gladness he says you'll serve your enemies i don't want to serve my enemies who's my enemies depression fear think about the enemies we see today i mean people ending their own life they don't even finish life suicide is off the rate uh, is off the richter scale they don't even they don't even uh, you know uh, report in the newspapers suicide anymore we live on the gold coast right now i mean suicide is off the richter scale young people taking their own lives think about this Paul, humble man, last of the apostles, not full of himself. Is that right? But he writes more about the grace of God, the goodness. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. Almost every letter that he writes, he talks about joy. Go to Philippians with me, if you would. How many still believe the Bible? Philippians, how many of you have ever studied? Give me a moment. I've got to turn the pages over here. Until I get to Philippians, 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 and look here in chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, he starts off in verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and our Lord Jesus. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy. Can I give you some background? 
This letter is written while Paul's in jail. Is that right? It's really easy sometimes when things are going great. Paul writes this while he's in jail. And he, he writes on, he says, that, look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. Yes, I've been poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith. I'm glad and I rejoice with you all for the same reason you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Joy, a fruit of the Spirit. Man, the more I, I, I look at this and study it, you know, the Spirit of God has been dealing with me. Verse chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. Rejoice in the Lord, and again, in case you missed it, again I say rejoice. Hello? Do you think we might be something, a message come, sort of coming through here? You know, Jesus had more, more joy than any man that's ever walked on this planet. I know we think man of sorrow, but that was your sorrows, my sorrows, not his. He bore our sorrows. You know, he, it says, Scripture even says that he had more joy than any man that's ever walked on this planet. Look at Hebrews, if you don't believe me. Now, Hebrews chapter 1, and here... In verse 8, it says, but to the Son, so it's obviously talking about Jesus, to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of your righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. You've loved righteousness, you've hated lawlessness, therefore God, your God, has anointed you, the Son, with the oil of gladness, more than your companions. One translation says, above your fellow man. How many of you know the scripture says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross? You know, anyway, it's just me. And I, I didn't grow up in the church. My dad was a professional kangaroo shooter. Hello, we blew Skippy away. I feel the love coming from the tree huggers. <laughs> but you can't change your past. I mean, Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. But I, Jen was a Catholic. Everybody was a Catholic once, I think. But anyway, but I remember the first time I came in church, I was in shock. Man, I, I'm, I'm in shock. I mean, I'm out of my... You can understand people coming in. You're out of your depth. Is that right? And I, I thought, dear God, did all the nerds get saved? Isn't there anybody at all with a sort of sense of humor? Do I, do I lie or what? You know, and I, I, it's different now, I know, but I'm just talking about... You know, it, it amazes me. Today, we've got people, you know, and they're telling how terrible the world is, how, how, you know, and all. When this is written, you listen to me, they're lighting Christians up like, like skyrockets. They're throwing them to the lions. Hello? Nero's burning cities down. You couldn't even say you were a Christian because that, you know, it would be your death. The only way they could identify a Christian was by your attitude. How would that go over today? Anyway. Albo's not Nero. Is this too deep? Hello, think about it just for a moment. You know, some people are looking at me really, really strange. We, we lost our house in Cyclone Tracy. Jen and I, we just built a brand new house. You know, we are in business in those days. Uh, uh, I started fishing in the outdoor world with George Vukulis. You know, and I loved it, but we just built our first house. We're in the middle of the night, the roof's lifting, and Jan's crying. Look, my curtains are being ruined. Next day, zip, no house, gone with the wind. <laughs> Blows away. Is this all right? This is too deep. You know, 
And so I'm in shock, the roof's lifting, and I, I grab my kids, and Nikki was just a little girl, I pick her up, and we're going to run across to the neighbours, and the power lines are down. Now, I don't know if the power lines are alive. If the power lines are alive, I'm dead. You know, Jan had more faith. I'm sure we're going to die here. She's sure we're coming out of it, you know. We run across to the neighbour's house. That was a brick house. And, and that caved in. A lot of our neighbours, I think, were killed. You know, I mean, I, I'll never forget Christmas Day 1974. And some of you, Ron, you were here in those days. Dig your way out of the rubble. There's nothing left. There's trees, no trees, semi-trailers upside down. And I'm in shock. I'm sure, you know, God's trying to talk to me, but I'm in shock. If you've been in shock, you know, you, your brain doesn't work properly. This is a bad dream. I'm going to wake up sometime. And I remember we went back to what we had. We had an elevated house. And all we got now is a a floor, a dance floor and one wall. That's all we got. And, and we had a fish tank too. We had a fish tank. And I, I, I found a chair and I'm just staring into outer space. You know, I'm in shock. I'm sure God's trying to talk to me. But the Bible says God meets them that rejoice. Even God doesn't want to hang around with South Puss Christians. Oh, but we're moving right along. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm standing. And I'll never forget this. This teenage boy comes walking down the street and he's whistling. And he looks up and says, morning, Cole, having breakfast on the patio this morning? I said, all I got is a patio, you idiot. I said, give me a brick, I'll kill him. And I couldn't help it. It was so stupid, I started to laugh. And he's laughing. You don't know why. He's like, and the more I laughed, it lifts the stress. The stress. And I hear the voice of God say, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm not sunbaking. Have a look around. I mean, there's nothing left. And I hear this voice of God say, you're alive, your wife's alive, your kid, kids are alive, your dog doesn't have a scratch. Just get up and get on with your life. It's an attitude of gratitude. Can I have an amen? An attitude of just sheer gladness. Aren't you glad you woke up this morning? A lot of people didn't even wake up this morning. You know, we moan and groan and grizzle and complain. You know, we had people sometimes in our church and I'd say, who would want what you've got? Lie, tell them you're a Mormon. Who would want what you've got? Anyway, thank you for your enthusiasm. Galatians, go to the book of Galatians. It's all right. Pastor will straighten all of the, the doctrine out for you. Galatians chapter 5. Do you still believe the Bible? Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse 19. He says here, no, no, we won't read the works of the flesh. Verse 22, but the fruit, the fruit, you don't have to force fruit. If you just nurture the tree, the fruit grows. Can I have an amen or what? The fruit comes from the root. Is that right? What's your root in yourself? The world? Money, as Pastor said, or is it in the Lord? And that's where the fruit, it says here, but the fruit of the Spirit, it's love, it's joy, and joy comes immediately after love. I love that. Huh? Is your root in yourself? You know, that be ungrateful spirit, that jealous spirit, or are I just grateful, just grateful to be alive. I'm marrying my granddaughter last night and I'm just looking at my family. I'm just so grateful. The goodness of God. Anybody know what you talk, I'm talking about? Just the goodness of God. The, man, uh, hey, uh, not because I'm smarter than anybody else, that's for sure. Can I just say it? There's so much flesh today, <laughs> even in the church. You know, but what it really comes back, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by our brilliant intellects, but it's by my spirit. 
Can I have an amen? Look at Thessalonians with me. I'll give you these scriptures. You can study them for yourself. First Thessalonians in chapter 5. And look at verse 16. Rejoice always. Is that what it says? Rejoice always. Always, always, always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Not for everything. You're not giving... You're not going to be grateful for cancer, but in everything, in the situation, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And in the context that is written, and don't quench the Spirit. How often must we quench the Spirit? I remember, some of you may remember Jan's stepmom, Phil Clarkey, when she was up here. She was a she was a kindergarten nanny at 90 years of age. 90 years of age, and she was still a kindergarten nanny. That's in North Queensland then. And she, she was Mary Poppins. She was always just full of happiness and joy. I mean, sometimes it's embarrassing. I remember we went down for a swim one time down here, jump in the four-wheel drive and go down the bush somewhere. We'll all jump out and run for a swim, with our kids and everything, jumping in the water. And I looked down, there's a whole bunch of hippies there. And they're all in the nude. I said... Get the kids, we're out of here. I, you know, that, they're in the nude. I said, where's Nana? Where's Nana? Nana's sitting down with them. Are you having a lovely day today? What sort of a day are you having? I said, they're in the nude, Nana. She said, I never even noticed. <laughs> Would people want what you've got? That almost kept me out of the church. I, I, I'm just being honest. And I'm thinking, dear God. You know, hello, doesn't anybody smile? I remember at the time, you know, we had a gun shop, fishing tackle shop in Darwin. I fronted to the, <laughs> to the church. And they, what do you do? Everybody's a teacher or a missionary. They said, what do you do? I said, I sell guns. <laughs> they looked at me like I had 666 tattooed on my behind or something. You do what? You can't change what you are. I am what I am by the grace of God. Can I have an amen or what? Anyway, James chapter 1. Look with me in James. Again, James, the New Testament equivalent to the book of Proverbs. And James, in chapter 1, verse 2, says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What does it mean to count it all joy? Does it mean one, two, three? No, it means lead joy before your mind. Focus on joy. Meditate on joy. When your, your feet hit the floor first thing in the morning, just, hey, just be joyful. You're alive. Hey, can I have an amen or what? That you're alive and anyway. It says here, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be what? Perfect and complete, mature, lacking nothing. I love that. You know, we're talking about revivals. Let me just uh, buy a book afterwards. Pass it on to somebody that needs some joy. If, if you don't have any money, I'll give you the book. Hello? But I, 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 I believe that we desperately need some joy. Can I have an amen? Have a better amen? You know, revivals were always, you know, accompanied by joy. Here, let, listen to this man, a senior pastor that's been in... Many, I've had the personal privilege of being part of a great of many of the great revivals with exploding churches, expanding pulpits. Churches that have gone from 20 people to 2,800 people, from 75 to 1,500. Many churches having well over 300% growth. In all of these exploding churches, there were four common denominators. A spirit of fellowship, 
a spirit of worship, a spirit of faith, and a spirit of joy. I've noticed how quickly these congregations with joyful laughter, their faces beam as they listen to the word, how quickly they hug one another with pure joy. This joy is flowing as a quick, ready laugh, a joy expressed and a flashing smile. How many of you know some of the highest paid uh, entertainers are comedians? The average, let me get these facts right here for a moment. The average child according to Time magazine, lasts 150 times a day. The average adult, six. So a child laughs 150 times a day, and an adult, six. Life's got a way of beating it out of you. But scripture says that we need to come as a a small child. Not childish, but childlike. Can I have an amen or what? Unless... You become as little children, you'll by no means ever enter the kingdom of heaven. And one of the predominant things, like I say, is just joy. You know, I'm married to a lady with a sense of, <laughs> you've got to have a sense of humor to be married to me. But a few years ago, I lost a close friend to a heart attack. I'm coming back and I was depressed. So Jen thought she's going to, you know, brighten my day up. So she's got short dark hair, so she... Borrowed this long blonde wig. You know, dark glasses, different dress. It changes your whole appearance. My daughter didn't even recognize her. So she comes to pick me up at the airport. Well, you know, I'm just standing here waiting for my life. You don't look at people. There's somebody there. That's all right. And she came and stood alongside of me. Well, I didn't even notice her. I'm just wrapped up in my depression. And so I'm waiting for my bag, and she went, boof, like that. I said, you're rude. And I just moved over here. And I'm waiting for my bag. And the bag comes, and I went to reach to grab it, and she grabbed a hold of me, spun me around, planted this great big kiss on me. And I went, what's the matter with you, woman? And she pulled the wig off and said, just as well you didn't enjoy that. You would have got a bunch of fives up the hooter. And, and everybody around us started laughing. They all started laughing. Is that right? Joy is contagious. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. How many of you know you laugh for a while? Is that right or not? And your symptoms seem to leave. There's a natural thing called endorphins. My son's a bodybuilder. You know, it's, endorphins are a natural high. That's why they get that high. There's only two ways to release it. One's by intense activity, jogging. The other's by laughter. I don't know about you, but I'd send a laugh for an hour than jog for an hour. If you're into pain, go for it. Is that right? But there's so much in Scripture dealing with, you know, joy. Isaiah talks about the end-time church, the predominant sign will be joy upon their faces. No, it won't be great miracles, I'm sure they'll be there. No, it won't be great prophetic signs. But Isaiah says the predominant sign that he sees is joy upon the heads. Why? Because we'll be living in a world that's depressed and crime. Anyway, you know, Paul says that I might finish my course with joy. I love that pastor can't say it. I've been in ministry a long time. Common sense is not all that common. You get a phone call at three o'clock in the morning. Did I wake you, pastor? No, I'm just sitting here whistling Rock of Ages. What do you think I'd be doing at three o'clock in the morning? Do you have a word for me? Yeah, but you won't want to hear it. (laughs) Trust me, you won't want to hear what. Is it right to be real? We're real people. Anyway. Finish my course with joy. 
He's about to die. He knows he's going to, but he says that I might, doesn't bother me. Stoned, left for dead, shipwrecked in the sea a day and a night, snake bitten, knows he's going to die, but he says, but none of these things move me, but that I might finish my course with joy. Let me just close off with if you go to Acts, maybe you've never seen this before, but in Acts chapter 20, Oh, sorry, Acts chapter 2. What am I talking about? In Acts 2, let me pick it up here. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. I'll get it right in a minute. Here we see the day of Pentecost. Everybody knows that. Praise the Lord. Acts 2. Page is turning. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But in Acts chapter 4, they're filled again. Acts 4, 31. It says here, and when they prayed, that place they were assembled together, and they were all filled with, they're filled again. That's two times. But if you go to Acts chapter 13, they'll find this time they're not only filled. It says in Acts 13, verse, uh, verse 52, and the disciples are not only filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're filled with joy. Now, I don't believe God on purpose left that out. Well, how come they weren't filled with joy the first two times? They filled the Holy Spirit, but no mention of joy. Because up to that stage, Peter is preaching law. And along comes a man called Paul. That I, is that right? That has a revelation of the grace of God. And he even rebukes Peter. Hello? And now they begin to understand grace, the goodness of God. And now they're not only filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're filled with joy. Nehemiah says, all the people left rejoicing when they understood the words that were preached to them. You get a revelation of how much God, as Jan said, how much he loves you, just like you are. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. I don't say you can't be better, but my Bible says that it's unconditional love. Isn't that awesome? The grace of God, is that unearned, undeserved. That's, that's beyond my capacity to grasp that he loves me just like I am. We were at a meeting one time uh, overseas, a large church, and I just lost that friend. And I'm sitting there and I hear the voice of God say, Cole, I love you. I even like you. You know what that does to you? Let me close off with this story. We'd lost our house in Cyclone Tracy. You know, hey, I don't know what's going to happen, whether they're going to, they're saying they weren't even going to rebuild the Darwin city or not. We don't know what's going on. And so we, we, we had a house on, in, down in Francis Bay looking out over the bay. I'm sitting out there on the wreckage anyway, looking out at that stage, over, and you, you know, and there's a storm coming. And when you get a storm up here, I mean, the lightning is shaking the whole house. And the storm's rolling across those black clouds. And I notice all the birds, they're flying low to the water to get away. They're trying to get away from the storm. You know, the, the pelicans and the, the crows, they're all flying low and squawking, trying to get away. And I'm just looking, and I just happen to look up, and here's this magnificent seagull. He's locked his seven-foot wingspan, he's flying the opposite direction, straight into that storm front. And he hits the storm front and it just lifts him up and over the storm. All the other birds are bolting for cover. And he hits that storm front. He's having the time of his life. It's like he's a roller coaster. You can hear him. I'm, I'm, I'm in awe. I can identify. 
And I hear the voice of God say, that's how you need to live your life. You can run like everybody else. Listen to me. Or you can lift over the storms on the grace of God, the goodness of God, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you lose it, you will lose your joy. Father, I just thank you for my brothers, my sisters. I thank you for the awesome opportunities to be able to share the word of God with these people. And Lord, if I might just leave that, just that kernel of joy that we need to come as little children who can laugh 160 times a day and not let the world beat us out of us. We end up depressed and sad, suicidal. I speak blessings over these people. I call them the head, not the tail. And above and not beneath. Whatever they turn their hands to shall prosper and succeed. That the enemy shall no longer rob and kill and destroy. Lord, I just pray that you give them revelation of your love and the joy. The fruit of joy that's already within them. That they might rejoice always when they wake up in the morning. That they bring joy before their minds. The last thing at night is before they go to sleep. They bring that joy. Focus on, meditate on, count it all joy. I speak blessings over these people, the pastors and their family, the homes, the families that are represented here. I call you the head, not the tail. Would you just bow your head for a moment because I don't, I don't know you folks. Is there anyone here this morning you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord? I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm asking to pass from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I won't embarrass anybody. I won't drag you down the front. If that's you, just slip your hand up and I'll pray for you right where you're sitting, anybody at all. So would you pray for me, Pastor? I need that in my life. I'm at the end of myself. Anybody at all? Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I see one hand. Can I get you all to stand up? Come on, stand up with me. I see two hands. Come on, don't be rebellious, just stand up. I hand back to Pastor Moment. But would you say this with me? Say, I believe. No, no, convince me you do. Say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the only way to heaven. I believe he went to the cross for me. And Lord, I believe right now as I ask you, Jesus Come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. And according to your word, the Holy Spirit comes into my heart and causes me to be born again. A child of God, made in the image of God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my best friend. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Can we do that? You know, as I hand back to Pastor, can I give you, not that you need it, Pastor, but can I give you this one? You know, I, I just feel that somebody needs this because, you know, sometimes you think you've got to jump through all of these hoops before you can be saved. And I, I, Pastor can correct the theology later. But I remember when Paul's in jail, the earthquake hits. And the, and the jailer runs down, he thinks they've all gone, he's going to kill himself. And Paul says, no, no, we're all here, we're all here. And the jailer says, well, what do I have to do to get saved? Paul doesn't go, here's a list. 
He goes, believe. Read it. He said, if you believe in the Lord Jesus, you and your family will be saved. Now, if that's not true, he just sent the whole family to hell. Now, I don't want to argue doctrine. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He said, if you believe, you and your family will be saved. For me, I believe that Jesus is Lord. Can I have an amen? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you.